Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're chilling at National Arts School on the grass and we're speaking with Ian Sinclair. Hi Ian. Hi Matt. Uh, do you want to say anything about yourself, mate? Uh, like a disclaimer? Or a disclaimer, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, what do I want to disclaim? Yeah. Um, I'm Ian and I'm a Scorpio. Or maybe like how you would like people to listen to the things that you're about to say. Oh, that's not true. With like empathy intent, or with open mind? Or <laughs> with an open mind. With, with what standards? Critical thought. <laughs> critical thought. Critical high standards. Oh, we talked about the double standards yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, with double standards. <laughs> um, I know. I'm Ian and I'm a writer and a performance artist. Great. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Um, I have a question for you. Let's start. First. Yeah. Matt. Am I the... I'm, I might be wrong, but am I the only artist that's like bullied you into <laughs> the Wombat Radio um, spot? <laughs> or is that, is that... Do you get often get bullied? <laughs> no, rarely. Uh, there's a few people that have expressed interest uh, before I've asked them. And then there's a few people who have expressed disinterest even though I have asked them. Uh, one of those. <laughs> and then there's many people that are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds nice. So not like me, who's like a listener, but also like, why am I not on it yet? <laughs> <laughs> everyone else is there. So. Um, I do hope that everyone eventually is there. More than once, actually. Oh, more than once? Yeah, because I'd, I'd, I wouldn't, don't you think it'd be fascinating to listen to you now, 2017, and then listen to you in 2023? Yeah, so... Because you're supposed to be a whole new person, aren't you, every seven years? Every seven years. But I'll still be 26 <laughs> even then, so I won't have changed that much. <laughs> What's your secret, Ian? What's what your secret to keeping open-minded and young and youthful and enthusiastic about art making? About art making, what is the secret? I don't know if there's, there's no secret, really, is there? Um, I don't know. I think you go through phases. At the moment, we're like... I'm like definitely in a like pushing up against the hard wall mm. phase, um, but sometimes it's like easy and breezy, and I'm skipping around, going like, oh, everything's inspiring, everything's great, God, so many great ideas, and then um, sometimes it's just like, oh no, all those great ideas are terrible. What's the hard wall made out of? Is it other people pushing back, or is it lack of finances, or lack of care factor, or lack of mm. self belief, or? not sure like there's lots going on so which is really fun and so there's traveling a bit yeah there's demand <laughs> <laughs> no, like not over demand not that in that in demand but like um i don't know if there's like one i'm sure everyone feels the same like i don't know if there's one like uh it just kind of appears mm. i think and it's not necessarily connected to like uh it's connected to everything but it's not necessarily connected to like um, lack of opportunity or uh, something terrible going on with your like boyfriend or partner or whatever like it's it's or you know something going on at home it's just kind of can appear I think um, unexpectedly sometimes do you find that that's the same with the good times if the hard times can appear unexpectedly do the good times also or do you have a system or a methodology for getting to the the enthused, inspired. Mm, spit it like a wave. Um, uh, I reckon the. I, th I think definitely the good times. Like my favorite times are, like, 
in the studio or like in the space or the rehearsal room or wherever it is um like in the process of like playing and making is definitely that's that's my favorite time that's when i'm like happiness that's when i'm like Same. skipping around and come like come home and i'm like hello everyone like it doesn't <laughs> even make a difference if the, what the final outcome is like the final thing can be absolutely terrible um but yeah, you can change your mood but the like working yeah the actual yeah. um mechanics and and um even like uh beyond the process of like sitting around and I mean everyone's is different but sitting around and talking about it but just actually getting up and physically doing it or physically making it or is is what I find the like the joy even if that's challenging and and never working it's always the funnest I think so mm. maybe it's all about that's why fun. dancing's so awesome mate because most of what you do is the doing <laughs> is the in the doing yeah. yeah I think it's the same for for me in terms of like because like the where I come from is from a like devising mm -hmm. um, like theatre collective making devising place originally um, there's there's a lot of like just get up and do it you know Let's yeah you won't know what it is until you yeah. make it exist and there's always those processes in which um, which works for a lot of people of sitting around and talking about it um, which I find really useful but not when like not when it's right in front of me, I just have to like somehow, and maybe that's training or maybe that's just how I am, like physically problem solve it, which... Um, Is that the same even with writing? Yeah, yeah, I think so, actually. I think so. I um, Even with writing, I mean, writing's a bit different. I'm like, I have like, I can't, like we were talking about karaoke just before, like I can't sing, I like can't act, you know, I can't really like build or make anything. So I don't have any real skills, um, except for like being able to coerce people into collaborating with me and siphoning off from them, which I really enjoy. And then like writing is probably like the only other thing that like I'm aware that I, that, that is, that I'm good at. So like, I think with that it's just a process of uh even that is physical in some ways even though it's just like behind a laptop or like with a notebook there's still like a lot of like getting up and doing things and walking around and like uh acting things out which is what i tend to do which makes me look like a crazy person but then also so you'll just be chilling writing something and then you'll get up and you'll like you'll say the things out loud or you'll do the action that you're describing in the writing or whatever yeah i tend to do that but uh, yeah, even as you're going through it, I tend to do that. Um, and scene, no, not like that. But like, I don't know. I, and then I, you, you do the hair flick, and you're like, "That was great." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good work. Good work. <laughs> Applause to myself. The the, the, the silence shout. What about you? Get a mirror and you sit the mirror in front of you and look at the facial expressions and then write it down. Oh, mirrors are weird. Yeah, the true mirror, the mirror. Um, I don't know, but. Uh, what do you, so that's the... But also, like, if you're, um, my, my other favourite thing is, like, you know, in terms of writing, if you're writing a play or just a work with text, you know, it is always fun to, like, have it there, work on it, and then I always tend to write, like, half of something, like, get halfway or, and then stop and then need, like, actors or people in the space to, like read it out or perform it out and devise with me. I guess I just need other people usually yeah. for a lot of stuff. 
And then when they are acting it out or devising it with you, what how, is that how you know what to do next by how it affects you? Or is there some other, oh, like you see where they fail on it and then that's when you know you need to... Uh, I don't know if there's, there's failing. That's the thing about that sort of collective thing. There's no, there's no failing in it. It's just like, um, like it's, it usually answers a whole bunch of stuff and it's usually like, whether it's hilarious or dark, it's fun to watch people like improvise or make it up on the spot and like try and interpret what you've, you've already like the world you've already created where you can push it through to somewhere else there's always new things because like you know I'm only like one brain and barely that brain <laughs> oh hi hi Ivy <laughs> oh Ivy's here yay we'll just pause for a sec to it unpaused that was Ivy Warren dropping in she's on her way to make some something some some stuff I don't know yeah. she was wearing some great pants yeah it's true shout out to Ivy Warren shout out mother. to Ivy Warren <laughs> you can listen to her podcast um, on the website two of them actually she's been on twice she's been on twice yeah I want to get her on again well, that's nice um, mate what do you what's the actual like what's the meta stuff that you're dealing with so you write things but what are the things and what are you ah, thinking things. about like what's unsolved for you unsolved what am I thinking about at the moment well now that we're here I'll talk about what we do, what I'm doing here so like now we're here at like NAS I'm working with Lauren Connemeyer and we're doing a work called Six Wave um, which we're still working out what it is but um, essentially it's a work about um, adaptation and how with rising sea levels and multiple other um, effects that are coming towards us due to climate change and global weirding, um, perhaps we might be better to return to the ocean or um, maybe um, create a new um, collaborative sea organisation um, that works with all the marine life and non-humans that are there. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of looking at how do we, in an absurd and foolhardy way, um, ad adapt um, and um, make ourselves new again, I guess. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that at the moment, um, adaptation really, and what that means. Uh, yeah. Um, and tell me about the line that you're walking between, uh, like rigorous scientific understanding of what where we're at and what is possible, and also the foolhardy, lighthearted like proposals of what could be the response. Yeah. Well, I mean, like a lot of it has been semi-rigorous scientific stuff it's there's there's a lot of fun kind of looking at uh, 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 like Scientology and L. Ron Hubbard and his like um, amazing sea organisation that he had you know like taking to the ocean and we're off to like find gold um, in various places which we really enjoyed um, but there's also kind of we originally started the work um, 
at Adhocracy um, in Adelaide through Vital Statistics. And we spend a lot of time, like, going around Port Adelaide on the kayak oh. and um, stopping in and, like, speaking to to different mariners and like going to visit various abandoned ships and speaking to people there as well. And also um, then when it was focused on uh, rising sea levels, also speaking to a few experts about what those effects would be um, and how vulnerable so many of those coastal places are, but also um, not just within the coast, but also how that bleeds in and affects areas um, in aside Australia and across the world as well. Um, but also, um, there's also become some nice new discoveries. We've been through another work, but it's all kind of feeding into the one thing as that stuff does. Um, we're speaking to um, a mathematician and marine biologist, mm -hmm. so a mermaid mathematician called Beth Fulton, and she's been working with the CSIRO um, in Tasmania on creating what's called Atlantis so it's like this like it's like this fun um, almost like a virtual game science virtual game where she feeds all this sort of um, mathematical data about the ocean um, into into this into the system and it kind of comes up with proposed um, possibilities of what the future could look like so if you know if you took, uh, say, one certain tiny little aspect that c humans could affect, say, um, looking at um, some sort of, uh, I don't know, like fisheries and those sort of effects, like how, what's, what's the end product of that? Or if we were somehow to like solve the world's terrible plastic problem um, with a flick of a switch, what would that look like as well? What would the end product be? So that's really interesting. It's like having a spare ecosystem that you can have to <laughs> you like... You can test that. Yeah, you can plug everything in and then go like, oh, that's what would happen. So that's... It's like a thought experiment. Yeah, yeah. And is that similar to the vein that the project that you're making will operate within? Like it will give you an alternate vision of? Well, we're always... I'm always really about that in general in my work. Yeah. I'm always, I love, you know, speculative futures or alternative worlds and that sort of thing. Um, but in this one, I don't, I'm not sure. We've, uh, we've been really into the, like, um, what's called the blue revolution. Oh, yeah. So that's like uh, ideas of um, taking, you know, farming and things like that from the land and adapting it to the ocean mm -hmm. in some really fun ways. Um, so, yeah, so I think we heard the word blue revolution and we were like, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe that's what we're, we're doing, take us to the ocean and... Um, so it's kind of not... And I wonder, is it like aquaculture or is it more, is it more about one-for-one one getting a, a sea cow and pulling a plough along the bottom of the ocean floor. Uh, the old sea cow. Yeah. It's me, the sea cow. I am yeah. the sea cow, <laughs> always. Um, I think uh, I think it's also... Well, it's mostly about, at the moment, collecting stories and information from different communities, so whether that's scientific communities or um, while Lauren and I were away 
um, in Italy doing um, ecosexual bathhouse. Um, there was a guy there called Merman Blix, um, who is uh, an American merman, and he, he like is a hard-working merman basically that's his job he doesn't necessarily identify as an artist but like you know his goal in life is to to work in Las Vegas with the other mermaids and stuff but he's this sort of fabulous um looking guy and we spoke a lot to him about the merman community and the mermaid community um which is really intricate um which you know uh you know you take the mermaid and um, it means so many things in terms of like what it is to be uh, genderless in some ways, you know, um, without, it, it, I guess, in some ways like that. But also um, what really interested me was like they have a big congregation called Burmadia that they all meet at. And they have, you know, there's lots of tiny little bits about the world, you know, even what your tail is made out of Whoa. makes a difference and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, there's lots of kind of lots of kind of finding those sort of subcultures or cultures that have to do with around the ocean and then like kind of collecting them one by one and putting them together, mushing them together. Yeah, right. like the blue revolution already exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe um, it's already here, but we just need someone to action it. We yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Pony Express needs to... Express to, it. <laughs> to express it, to prepare, to prepare everyone and taken there, you know, which at the moment, I guess, involves covering ourselves in hot ships, floating out in a kayak and having a swarm of seagulls peck us. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully... Is that what's going to happen here? Yeah, yeah, that's what's going to happen here. But we've been... Have you tested that? Well, yeah, it's been... It's This is where, like, this is maybe is where the wall's coming from, but we've definitely, like, gone for some site visits... Um, all over Sydney which has been fun and uh, finding where the best seagull locations are. Mm. The one place that's closest to NAS that we really want to do it um, is like right next to the Navy base um, nice. so we have to, we're trying to figure out that sort of stuff but yeah. it's definitely been a lot of like uh, collaborating with, with the seagulls and getting them prepared um, and getting back on the water although yeah I don't know how after Adelaide I don't know how much I was so sunburnt and like tearing off my own skin by the end. So we'll see, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. It's nice the seagulls in Australia are not quite as big. I remember getting food taken out of my hand as I was eating it in um, in Truro, in the UK, and the seagulls were two or three times bigger. Well, apparently the seagulls in Bondi are pretty aggressive. Yeah. Right. Apparently they'll come right for you and take things out of your hand and things like that so but you know most of the seagulls I've had experiences with tend to be quite respectful and keep their distance um for a little bit but who knows <laughs> who knows who knows who knows we want them there when I first when we first started trying it out we were like so basically like we were flying to Adelaide and we were on this flight and there was like a lot of turbulence the whole time and I've had a couple of flights during that time that had lots of turbulence, but this one was really bad. And there was like this, like, we were like going there and like, what are we, we have no idea what we're doing. Like no idea. We just proposed this one thing and then hadn't really talked about it. And we were like, what are we making? And then we had the like giant turbulence and there was like, suddenly there was like this one big drop 
and we were like holding hands. It was like a nanny episode or something like, you know, and then afterwards we talked about it and we were like, well, we have no idea. We just had this like adrenaline and we were like, what are the things you just want to do? And I was like, I just want to be able to command a whole army, a whole flock of birds. And we we're like, okay, so why don't we like try that out? And so as soon as we did, it tended to work. But I definitely, the first time we did it, I like got really worried and like put on like goggles and like a hard hat and everything like that. And I was like, just in case, just in case, you know, just in case like they a, try and... a baseball box or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A cup just in case they come for my <laughs> testicles. That's funny. We thought about it just at the same time as well. So there you go. Um, yeah, I'm sure that would be the ultimate dream work though. Have my testicles pecked out by birds. <laughs> then people will know. Then they'll know. Um, but yeah, so it's a, I guess it's a bit of trial and error, really, with that sort of stuff. But it's always, again, I'm, we're getting the kayak today, so I'm gearing up for that to be the actual like time to jump in there and test it all out and that sort of thing. Again, it's the same. The doing it. The doing it. Yeah. The actual doing it, rather than talking about it or thinking about it. The doing of it. And do you foresee, I mean, does it happen often in your processes that you have the awesome idea and then you go and do it and then you come up with a better idea or are you usually spot on and it's just about working out how to do the thing that you've come up with I don't think it's ever usually spot on um there's usually although I do have tend to have moments of like I told you I was right I knew I was right all along I was right all along I'm a genius yeah. but nobody listens um Kate Champion has this saying that um a successful show has many parents but a failed show is orphan Oh, it's orphaned God. on opening night. Oh, God, it's the Kate Champion way. <laughs> <laughs> it's the orphan. Um, I think, um, no, I think it, it, it's, there are certain ideas that come fully formed that make a lot of sense. Where and do they the come from? I don't know. How do, sure. you, how do you curate your experience or your life or your conversations or your focus so that they may appear? Because it, it doesn't just come, I imagine, unless it does for you. Isn't it just what's interesting you at the time? For me, it is. Like, I, for me, it's really like, it's like, whoa, I'm really into this. I'm going really deep. I'm going to look at everything about it. And now I really want to try that. There's that one image that suddenly, mm. you know, someone's spoken to me about and suddenly I have that one image and I just want to try and make that one thing yeah. work um, what was the last thing that was that for you before before the blue revolution came along uh, we've there's like two things one I've been uh, was was and still am writing this play called Whalefall um, which is uh, both it's kind of like a family drama in which um, there's uh, it's set like on the coast at a, a family home um, and there's a mother who returns it sounds very like home and away yeah. um, in the it's best possible so way <laughs> um, but uh, a mother who returns um, who's has left the family years ago um, and the the reason she's returning is because the um the child that she's had with her other partner has is transitioning and they've come to kind of uh, talk about that and work out what the next step is um, and for the child and her to meet 
Um, but also at the same time, there's a whale that's out um, in the ocean that's slowly dying. And um, it's kind of based on the whale fall, which is like um, when a whale dies out in the ocean, it kind of falls for a very long time and gets eaten by the sharks. And then it goes further down into the darkness and into um, crabs and, you know, like uh, hagfish and other things kind of tear it apart. But say a whale lives for like 40 to 50 years, um, it can then fall to the bottom of the ocean and create its own new ecosystem around there that allows other things to live for about, you know, 50, 60 years as well. So there's something... When I first came across that um, that idea, which was through um, Rebecca Giggs's beautiful, like, short story about, about what a whale fall is, um, it got me again thinking about um, what what is adaptation and transformation as well what is um what is something changing um and not necessarily in um a a death way but like uh what is it to to transform and become something new that also yeah I guess provides new life or is maybe a greater thing as well um so yeah that's that's what I've been I guess that was kind of an image that struck me and have been trying to work that in and through the work and the text and things like that. Um, but, yeah, so th that sort of thing kind of is, I guess, the way, you know, it's like you just keep working at it until it, until it happens, in a way. You're halfway through writing this? No, I've, like... It's, like, finished. Yeah. Um... But, uh, but no one's seen it yet. No, I had like um, I did it through the Black Swan Writers Group, which is in Perth. Oh yeah. Um, and it did really well. Um, and it won one of the prizes for it, which is nice. But it's also at a point where it's like still needs work, you know. Like I mean, sometimes nothing can ever be finished, but yeah, it still needs some time to to figure out what it is. Like the dramaturgy of it isn't isn't quite there, I guess, um, in some ways as well, which is always really fun, you know, to, like, have some other people look at it and read it or have a dramaturg on it and propose multiple other options mm -hmm. that you go at the time. You're like, that's not it. Oh, God, they don't understand me at all. Oh, well, that's wrong. I'm not going to write all that. Yeah. I don't have the time in the day to do that. And then, you know, a couple of weeks afterwards, it starts to settle in and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. It needs to be does need that it does yeah. need this which is always really fun as well in some ways but yeah I don't know those those are the sort of images I've been looking at mm. and also then recently just at home because I've been spending a lot of um, since I've been back gotten back um, from traveling I had like a couple of weeks where I was just in my house in Marrickville by myself like looking out the curtain of the windows not going outside like every, all the housemates are like do you, you need to go outside and leave and I'm like no I'm not leaving <laughs> um, and hold up kind of both writing and uh, making a bunch of objects but uh, um, so I've been thinking about that sort of stuff as well which is a different a different kind of challenge as well as um, when you're used to working with uh, 
with bodies mm. um, in the space and collaborators and people that can answer questions for you and can give you pretty much direct feedback. It's very much a different thing to like look at what an object is and see if it makes sense to you, I guess, in some ways. Is it... Maybe it's summed up in that word of tinkering that you, you start with the vision and you make the thing and then you have to wait for the thing to tell you what it wants next. And when that's a, an object rather than a person or a, an ethereal kind of experience like a play or a show, then that falls into the tinkering category of what people do with their cars or their... Uh, the tinkering of the car. <laughs> yeah. They're basically uh, like an art mechanic with your <laughs> objects. <laughs> That's a nice way to be. That's a, n- a nice way to think of it as the, the art mechanic. Um, oh, God, I'd be... T- oh, Does God, that- if I'm as, I'm as bad a mechanic as uh, at both, then <laughs> terrible. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> but is that like does that feed into the writing or is that a, a repro- like a respite from the writing and the people or like where does does the object making come from um it's only started recently really um i don't know where it's coming from since moving to sydney yeah since since uh i guess as much most of the work that i try to make or that i really enjoy making uh is is things like uh, is those big kind of immersive works, those things that use multiple um, m- multiple art forms and multiple makers to create them, and you have the you have the dancer and you have the scientist and you have the um, installation, you know, like mixing them all together mm. um, for an audience experience where they can walk through and touch and taste and smell and um, really be a part of that world and that world building and also have agency. Um, I guess that's where it's come from is is that sort of interest is like, oh, if I take that and I can use, well, I can make my own objects and then I can use that mm-hmm. and I can write my own text and do that um, and just trying to figure out a way to yeah. push them together. Um, but I don't know if... I don't know if tinkering is probably the right word for me, but uh, maybe I mean some people are different, aren't they? Some people can just be one-eyed and push through very quickly and know exactly what they're going for in some ways. Hmm. Yeah, I think that works best when there's already an, an embodiment of the skill. Well, okay. I already said I, I have no skills. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's where tinkering is useful, like where you can't just impose your will upon something, then you need to work with it and in response to it. Yeah, and I think um, there's, there's both, you know, in, as much as I say, I love the doing of it, there is a, an, uh, there is a niceness to, to sitting back and thinking about it for a while mm. um, and then jumping in and vice versa um, in some ways. How do you deal with the literacy of your audience? Because a lot of what you're putting down for them is really up to their, first their, their interest and their enthusiasm, but then secondly, their acculturated literacy over time of whether they can pick it up. Like whether they're ready for what you're giving them. Yeah. Um, 
audiences are always... I, I remember when I was younger, I always used to really... I think my, my relationship with what audiences want has changed over time. Like, before I was used to with works that were very much theatre in a black box works I used to always really want to, to please them somehow or even if it didn't please them just I was always very aware that they were there and worried even like during the processes of watching it and um, you know during the nights that things were on just like completely worried about the audience and I guess there was a moment in you know creating one on one works or like creating these immersive works where I guess I was like, you know what, you're a problem, so why don't I just push it back on you? <laughs> you tell me, like, you know, like, I think, uh, I think that's part of it as well. Um, in yeah, terms of literacy, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think uh, you do, uh, you can't provide, especially doing something like Ecosexual Bathhouse, you realise that, like, you can't provide all the answers for everyone, mm. and everyone takes something different away and I know that's an easy way out in some ways to say that but I don't think yeah you can't you can't give everything and when you do try and give everything it's when it doesn't work at all yeah, you know just a fire. it's like drink them they're trying to drink from a fire hydrant yeah 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 well like um, it's like me spoon feeding you which nobody wants no one wants me as a nursemaid you know <laughs> here it is but how, so how do you balance uh shared responsibility with the audience with your own artistic agenda? Um, that's true. Uh, I think what's, what's nice about when you involve an audience directly in helping make that work and helping uh, respond to that work, yeah. then the agenda also shifts for you and it becomes this, like... Uh, it does become this, like, changing, morphing living creature that can change over time mm. and the best thing about those sort of works as well is that uh, suddenly say um, the audience can make their own interaction that you've when you're observing you've never seen before and that becomes you know in the next iteration of the work that that thing that they created appears you know you build on that as well so there is like there is like direct inspiration like in um, Ecosexual Bathhouse there was um, in the first version there was like someone just brought in some some of their like rocks and like left them in the space and someone else had like brought in this like yoga mat and then it was just like left on the side and then all of a sudden people started playing with it and then over time it's built into this kind of um, bigger salt massage rock um, interaction that we have there so I think there's like and then it shifts again, you know, so I think it, it, that's nice when they feed back in that way um, into the work as well. But I guess with writing it's different because you can't... What's, what's difficult about it is that it is, it is essentially your brain more than the collaborativeness of things. And so um, what, what answers and what... Uh, questions opposed are really like in the framework that you make it you know um, so it's a it's a it's a different sort of rigorous process but uh, it's definitely one that makes you look d even deeper well makes me look deep into the abyss <laughs> and goes what's there hello is it just god is that you oh no it's not oh, it's, I've just had too much coffee does the abyss look back 
Does the abyss look bad? Yeah, isn't there some famous quote about that? If you stare long enough into the abyss... The abyss looks back at you. Yes. The abyss <laughs> looks back at you. Oh, it would be nice if it looked back sometimes. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, just the, the stare off with the abyss. <laughs> um, yeah. How was uh, Ecosexual Bathhouse in Italy? It was fun. It was fun. Was it, was it really a... different? Did you have to adapt? Or... Yeah, yeah, it was different. Um, it was different in, in so many ways. What was interesting about being there in that small... Because it was in a small little town called Sant'Arcangelo, but the festival was really wacky and contemporary and wild. Um, there was lots of kind of things that came up in terms of, like... Uh, there was a lot of support and it was fun, but it was there was a few challenges, and a lot of them came um, in, interestingly for Lauren, myself, and Sarah. Sarah Robertam, our producer, came around cultural things. Um, like uh, it's interesting, there things that I think we would uh, are more sensitised to, or would shy away from, or um, would know like objects and um, and certain things like that that we wouldn't ever kind of that have I guess a greater meaning yeah, to us yeah. here in Australia um, are kind of used there without 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 a thought in some ways um, so that was an interesting challenge in terms of even um, working with the performers and certain um, materials they wanted to use and bring in for audience members became yeah, right. you know like a discussion about like um so what that means for us as like well there was stuff that jacinta would wear or do in perth that just wouldn't uh, have that same effect in italy and what what did people bring in instead like instead of a bikini and eyeshadow and stuff well, yeah um well, the, the work was a bit of a smaller one, but uh, I think it, it's, it's definitely, like, the things that, that worked were, again, um, things that maybe didn't involve, uh, you know, text or too much language as well, which is always the way, I think, um, when there was the direct references. But we also discovered this, and this may only be just, like, a just in the section of Italy we were in and with the people we were in but Laura and I kept on making all these like Dolly Parton jokes and all these Dolly Parton references and they were like oh we don't know who that is and we were like oh, no and Dolly Parton's not a big deal here she's not so that really threw us as well yeah. you know I, I don't know what that means but maybe you could have made um, like Mother Teresa references or something yeah instead. exactly well in Italy the nuns had the best Wi-Fi. <laughs> so I would really? travel to the top of that mountain and I'd sit there and I'd pick some figs wow. and uh, I'd swap over with the sisters. We got a direct connection to God. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the way, you know. Um, but uh, I, think it, I think it was it was really fun to do as well as it always is to be in those festivals. And uh, it was very... It was lovely because they had a thing called Mensa and where um, all the production team and all the artists and all the workers um, and administration staff would, you know, stop for the afternoon lunch, but they would eat all together and it was all catered. Mm. And the same with dinner as well. Um, and that 
that sort of, uh, just those processes within that festival in that way was really, was lovely. Yeah, it was like a, a community and building thing and very like democratic in that way, which I really enjoy. You know, there was no up down or down up mentality to it, which I really, which you find often, I think, but it's particularly interesting. Yeah, well, it's in Australia, a lot of people are trying to claw up and so there needs to be an up down to incentivise the clawing up. <laughs> the clawing up of things. Yeah. I'm always trying to claw up, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, God. How's that working out? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> claw my... Oh, claw up, claw up, claw up. And it's like those those TV ads where you're... The drunken swimming where you've realised you've clawed to the bottom. You've swum to the bottom instead, you know? But, yeah. What's your biggest hope? My biggest hope for all the effort that it takes and the staring into the abyss and the the walls and the good times. Mm. I think um hope's a funny word, isn't it? It sounds like a character in a soap opera. Um <laughs> the next one you write. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the next one. Um I wonder, I wonder if, if there's lots, you know, there's a lot to be, I think it would be in terms of the processes at the moment, just seeing those themes and ideas, um, coming into fruition, you know, it's those things of like, when you have, you know, a million different ideas, you know, both every day and, um, monthly or whatever it is you know like seeing those like those come together in a like locked down square way and you know I also I also hope in some ways that it's it's like you know just talking to a few people that we've interviewed like the merman and um, Beth Fulton the the mathematician mermaid like um the continued learning of things is really fun mm. as well and maybe that's mostly what's better a bit of hopefulness in just like discovering new new things like that new those like facts or images that you go like oh my god whoa that sends me off there so I hope that continued mm. learning happens and I guess the wall <laughs> the Trumpian wall of things is when um, you don't feel like you're learning something new right then yeah. and there which you always are but what do you is there a strategy that you have for when you feel like you're not learning something new like do you just go out and learn it or do you wait to be inspired or well I never learn from my mistakes (laughs) so that's that's part of it Uh the unlearning of things (laughs) (laughs) I I never learn from my mistakes that's the one true thing you can put that on my grave I didn't come here to make friends (laughs) um uh I don't I don't know if I have strategies I don't know if I have strategies. Do you have strategies? Yeah, absolutely. You have strategies? Yeah. Oh, God, so, I've been to so many labs. Maybe I should listen <laughs> to them. Where do you learn all these strategies? I don't um, know. It's, it just comes from something being a way that you feel is unacceptable. And so sometimes... Um, Can you give me, like, an example or, like, not Yeah, an example, yeah, for sure. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Even, even not professionally, but personally, mm. like, if my mind is just static thoughts rather than straight linear thoughts Mm. then I think that builds an anxiety and the easiest way 
to take care of your mental health is to be able to come back and focus on something, on anything. And for the last six or seven months, I guess, the way for me to do that is to try and lift something really heavy. And like you got to be responsible, warm up and watch the videos on the technique and shit. But if you can do something without much physical effort, yeah. then you can still have that hamster on, in, on the wheel going and around in your yeah, mind. Yeah. And then as soon as something takes all of your focus, whatever it is, it could be if you're learning, learning a new thing, usually driving a car. Or, or, but the, like the simplest like gorilla level trying to lift something heavy at the capacity of your of what's easy and then you click over that makes me f- makes my mind focus in a way that um what's the word i guess like overrules any kind of busy mind chatter and then that affects stays for like a day or two or three days mm. and so that's a mental health strategy for now Lift something heavy. <laughs> Lift something heavy. Yeah. Lift something heavy. It's not Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light <laughs> as a feather, stiff as a board. <laughs> it's nothing to do with... Um, like, it's not... I, I don't feel like it's strategy in the sexy sense. Mm. It's actually just noticing that A and B lead to C and changing because you don't want to keep ending at C. But then that's about learning from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I tend to... If I'm having those those issues and those problems and, and things. I, I mean, I started off talking about the wall, but the wall isn't that big at the <laughs> moment. Um, like, you know, there's, it's a wall, but it has a door. The, I, I mean, I, th- I think I tend to, to surround myself with people that I can talk to, mm. and that's friends also that, that both aren't in the arts and don't have anything to do with... Um, with with my world and what I make, you know. Um, but also, yeah, I tend to. I but I'm a big person to air my grievances and problems straight away. <laughs> so I probably just put it on to everybody else, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. Um, like own, you do with the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's 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 all just being an an only child. Don't leave me, but don't come too close. Um, so in that way, I think I feel like uh, in those strategies, it tends to be talking to other people. Mm. And 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 talking it out with people in the, in in that way and getting advice or just like saying how I'm feeling on that at the moment, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I I guess I I often don't think about things as strategies and ways of uh, of how I just kind of muddle through, you know. Mm. It's like the the confused shark, the shark that has to keep going, but also like. Um, isn't quite sure where where it is you know yeah but when it when it hits something that shark is powerful and has sharp teeth and can swim fast and yeah yeah like it still has capacity when it arrives at the place that it can exercise that capacity it's like that that movie what is it the great big blue sea or something like the horror movie where they like make the super smart like sharks for whatever it is cancer research they uh, decide to make them yeah. super militarized sharks and then uh, of course the sharks attack them and take over but there's like a great scene in which they're like hold on a second the shark's swimming backwards sharks don't swim backwards maybe i'm that shark the shark that's <laughs> like oh wait now i can swim backwards surprise you know <laughs> do you have a skill like that do you have a skill that people are like, what? I told you, I have, I have no skill. <laughs> the only skill, the only skill I have, mm. the only thing that 
um, I can do, like the only party trick or whatever. So I do a really mean impression of Laura Dern in Jurassic Park, like running away from the scene where she's running away from the raptors and she's like oh, running, yeah, running, yeah, running yeah, and yeah. then she like into the like the wire and like she turns around and she's like you know run or whatever it is like go and just like i'm really good at that so you that know. sounds like your version of karaoke mate yeah maybe that's it maybe it's karaoke like, is really it's not really about singing it's about impersonation mm, mm, uh, i don't know i think that's 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 a wall too many karaoke i have a, a great fear i like get up and i'm like i don't know um, try and try and sing Whitney, but I can't. But maybe if I just, yeah, maybe if I just did a ten-minute impression of like a Dolly Parton impression. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, just a something someone from that nine, you look up five, to. nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be from nine to five would be okay. Um, no, but like I'm really lucky because I have I have no skills but lots of opinions, and so therefore. Um, that seems to have served me well. And that's where it comes with collaboration and working with other people. It's like, when you just bring everyone in that is skilled, you know? Um, I think in some ways, if that makes sense. Mm. The shark that swims backwards. <laughs> Ian Sinclair, the shark that swims backwards. Oh no, what have, you, what have I been saying? There's a lot to put on your tombstone, mate. Oh, is it? that's all I said all day. It's like yeah, what goes on my tombstone. Yeah, exactly. God. I didn't come here to make friends. Oh, no. I don't learn from my mistakes. Uh, the shark that swims by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, always. And always. we could get what the raptor girl to speak as well. Oh, you mean have Laura Dern speak yeah. at my funeral? Oh, yeah. please. Well, let me die now. I'd love that. Are you kidding me? My gosh. But you wouldn't be there to enjoy it. There's like, there's a bit, the, the, um, we have this, yeah, there's a bit kind of in the, the work at the moment, the six-wave work, which is very, like, much a funeral pyre, kind of, like, throwing the hot chips onto me mm -hmm. as we, um, as I speak into a microphone and slowly break up with the land. So there is a nice quality to that of, like, let it come soon, you know. But there was a great story that um, Lauren recounted to me when we were first talking about this, like, ocean life nonsense, you know, um, here comes the big queer wave of things like uh, which I really loved which was about a guy who um, was like you know by himself out at sea had been totally abandoned if something in World War Two, I don't know whatever something terrible happened um, it's not my business and uh, like he was on this raft by himself you know slowly dying and he'd been there for a couple of days and so he was lying there about to die and like this like seagull like landed on him you know ready to like to have the first bite and so he grabbed the seagull and like ripped its neck open ripped its neck open covered himself in the blood so it was like a sunscreen and then like fed off the seagull and like managed to survive the extra like day and a half he needed before um, they came and uh, like rescued him which I always I found that story kind of like I don't know what it means but I, I found it really uh, both the image and that ability to survive in that way is really interesting you don't think you'll go that far in your project in your no, performance because they're, they're the, the seagulls are 
you know, they're equity members <laughs> of, the, of the world, you know, they, they deserve their um, performing live art rates just as much as the rest of us, so I think um, we'll be a, a lot more empathetic and things, we'll just make them more and more obese. Yeah, clogged up. Yeah. They're not on the low-carb diet anymore. No, I don't think they ever are. I think they're, they're always eating our rubbish, so, which, is, which is sad. You got it's any always... um, epiphanies or wisdom or insights you want to finish on? <laughs> epiphanies and whips, yeah. wisdom, 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 wisdom. <laughs> Come to me, wisdom. Or even a good joke. I feel like a lot of the times I've had epiphanies have been because of a comedian or... Oh, really? A joke or something. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Like a, a joke, like a boom Well, we are holding microphones, so maybe <laughs> yeah. it's the time to start stand-up my stand-up comedy. career. Yeah. Um, I I always think of, like... Uh, it makes me feel like Oprah. That's always what I'm thinking about now. It's like, what would Oprah say? What would Oprah do? She'd what probably just throw cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a live art career, and you get a live art career. Um, is the live art career the prize do you think I think any sort of any sus- career <laughs> any sort of sustainable sustainable career is nice and it's so nice when it when it is continuing mm. um, and it's the one project after the other yeah. which sometimes happens for, which, which you know it's a surprise when it happens for me I know there's people that cons- consistently have it but for me it's really really nice when it's consistently also work you're always enjoying and on your own it's like in part on your own terms yeah but in in imparting wisdom I even mean, could even be somebody else's wisdom could even be somebody else's wisdom I remember once I was at um, I was at VCA still studying dance and my girlfriend at the time asked me if I wanted to move in with her and I didn't know whether it was a good idea so I asked my duo teacher <laughs> Jacob Lira and oh, Jacob. the wisdom that Precious I got from Jacob. Jacob was that he couldn't tell me the answer to that <laughs> oh that's nice yeah. I have no answers for you <laughs> yeah exactly that's you need to work that out and it's such a simple thing that you like disregard it but it's a huge lesson at some point I have no answers only age. questions <laughs> yes some imparting wisdom um there's a saying that I always like to there's a quote that like I often use with friends and with with Lauren and other collaborators as well. Another one for the tombstone. Another one for the tombstone. <laughs> um, God, it's filling up. <laughs> Thank God I'll have that monument for me, yeah. so it'll be fine. <laughs> um, uh, well, they just extended the tweet character limit. Did they? From one forty to two sixty. I don't really tweet, so it doesn't mean anything to me. But you know, I do often look at Instagram and I'm like oh I wish I had more followers I wish more <laughs> effort in here I wish people liked me more <sighs> um in a way that was quantifiable you mean yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah in a way that you, was but you want real. numbers <laughs> I want numbers I need numbers I need numbers for the funding bodies <laughs> <laughs> how many predicted likes do you think you'll get yeah more you can seven. buy you can buy a thousand likes for five bucks oh the buying of yeah. things the buying of things that's true I mean they're not real but Ah. If they get real money, yeah. then... Oh, social media, yeah. social media. Um, uh, I always think about um, this quote by Naomi Campbell, mm-hmm. which is like, um, it was, it's like in some 
terrible modeling academy reality TV show that she had. Um, and someone like was going for her and attacking her. And she was like, um, she like shot them her like usual Naomi Campbell look and was like, check your lipstick before you come for me. And so that's my parting advice. Check your lipstick before you come for me. You should use that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's real good. Oh, this has been nice. I agree. Oh, that's good. I feel like I'm getting a bit crispy, though. Oh, I was so tanned when I came back from Italy. Different sun. Different sun. Except when we got into the Mermaid Tales, because okay, Mermaid Blix yeah. was there, um, we, we all got into them, and, like, there's this... Um, there was like this Instagram, speaking of social media, picture that went up on the festival, like Instagram, which is like a picture of like Lauren and me in the tails. And there's Lauren like looking like super like Jane Fonda body, like long blonde athletic hair in her like tail, like looking the part. And there's me with my like um, farmer's tan. And like, I was like, oh my God, look at that like quarter porpoise quarter like hairy bear like dad bod <laughs> quarter mermaid like my god what's it's going on it's a new on? species is it's what a you're new saying. species yeah you're well, so creative you can't even just be a merman yeah merman yeah no that's true it's the Ursula of things I think <laughs> the evil queen of things <laughs> cool thanks Ian thanks Matt Ha, ha, ha.